formative years as a young Christian were in a Baptist church in Bromley. Peter often jokes that the little Baptist girl now preaches in an Anglican church. And I have to confess that I was always slightly afraid that God would call me to be a missionary because lots and lots and lots of people, or you know, young people that I grew up with, were called to the mission field. In fact, I know that my girls' brigade captain's daughter, who's older than me, is still on the mission field with her husband. And in the first year of my marriage to Peter Hall in 1968, we had the chance to visit Africa Inland Mission Fellowship village situated in Kijabi, which I think Sandra might have some knowledge of, near Nairobi in Kenya. And when I saw how they lived, it did ease my worries somewhat. But actually, the Lord never did call me to work overseas. And over the years, I have come to realize that God rarely pushes us into an area of service or ministry that we don't want or are not suited for. And all the missionaries I know are really passionate about their calling and their work. And here at Pip and Jim's, we support lots of missionaries, several of whom came from our fellowship, who did hear the call to the mission field abroad, responded and went. So where does that leave us who stay at home? Our key verses are the last two from this morning. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, a little bit of the Trinity there, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Two very important and powerful verses. So do those two verses, does that call to go only apply to Ruth Guinness in Malawi or Andy Blake in Tanzania or David and Robin Stearns as they go back to Uganda next week? I doubt very much that Jesus would have used his very last words to his disciples before he ascended into heaven just for those very few disciples down the centuries who would hear the call and go and be missionaries abroad. Do you honestly think Jesus would just be speaking to a tiny, tiny percentage of Christians down the years by his last statement? Of course not. This word is for us all. It's for us here in Wilderslade, whoever we are. And our mission field is our locality, our neighbours, our friends, the people we work with, our schoolmates, people we see in shops, buses, and of course our own families. Now this is obviously not the first time we have talked about mission. We've thought about mission over the years many times at Pip and Jim's. And it was an important part of the advert we placed in the Christian press seven years ago when after um, Glyn left us, we are looking for a new vicar. This is what it said. We are looking for a leader with gifts that enable God's people to be nurtured, discipled and released into every member ministry and service in order to extend the kingdom of God in the Medway towns and further afield. And that's what Martin is seeking to fulfil, to encourage 
each one of us to grow in our daily experience of God and to recognize our part in being people who are made for a mission. Not just every member ministry, but every member missionary. He said that before, it's not unique to me. Now, this 40 Days with Jesus book is giving us some fresh insights into this mission. Firstly, the goal of mission is to transform lives. When we came to Christ, we were transformed, we were changed. And more than that, we discover that in that transformation, we have a life purpose. God has given us something to do, a purpose to live for, and that's to see other people's lives transformed and changed. So at the very heart of our life mission is the call to go and see others transformed through having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And while we are definitely called together in church buildings to worship and pray and learn, we are not called just to stay in holy huddles, but to go out. And the reality of those words, those last words of Jesus, are that it's not just a call. It's not an option if we feel like it. It is a command to go, whether it's next door or another country. Remember, these last words of Jesus were spoken to a group of disciples, among whom, Diane has just read, some still doubted. Yet even in the midst of their doubts, we are told they worshipped, and we know for a fact that they obeyed the command and they went. Now, being a command makes it sound a bit hard, doesn't it? We don't like to be told what to do. Perhaps if we add, and I know this is wrong to add words to scripture, but if we add the words as we, in front of the word go, it will help us to understand that it's as we go about our daily lives, and if we ask God, he will give us opportunities to share Jesus. Joel Sims at the Curry Evening last week and others gave some wonderful examples of this. Of course, we are not necessarily evangelists or preachers or missionaries in the formal sense. And yes, we may still have our doubts. But God will give each one of us the gifts that we need to respond to his command and fulfill his mission to go and create more disciples. And in fact, it was as I wrote, had written that um, earlier on this week, I looked on Facebook and a friend had written... Pray as you go. And I thought that was rather neat. Go as you go. Pray. What super advice. Well, we can look at three words to help us in our life's mission. And those are works, words, and wonders. Three W's to help us remember. Firstly, we are called to reach people for Jesus through our works. This is including having a transformed and changed lifestyle which people can see and through actively serving other people in the name of Jesus and with his love. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said to his disciples, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And very often, others will first be attracted to the gospel by seeing our actions. 
before they receive our words. It's as we let our light shine by the way we live our lives that others will see our good deeds and praise the God we love and serve. And of course, just as an aside, the Bible teaches that doing good works is not the way to salvation. But after we have received salvation and are transformed by Christ's presence, then we will naturally start doing good works and serving others. And we as a church are seeking to obey this already. Recently we've had the night shelter on a Friday night for several weeks. We seek to serve him through breakaway, through the net, through toddlers and other events, providing meals for the sick or those who have just had a baby. And I know the significant amount of care that goes on behind the scenes, behind the scenes from one or other of you I know visiting others. No one else knows about it, but God knows. And of course we seek to serve our community with the Pancake Day, the Good Friday Messy Church, the new Treat Party last October and other events. Yes, people will be attracted to Jesus when they see our good works, when they see the loving kindness of our actions. And then we are called to use words to preach and explain the gospel. Because as we live the life, as we are transformed, and as we do good works, then that often opens the doors for us to be able to explain in words about Jesus. Perhaps our own testimony will give us an opportunity then to share his story. In Mark's Gospel, the same Great Commission is spoken of as saying, Jesus said to them, go into the entire world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved. And this call to preach or proclaim the good news is something that has come through very strongly in the 40 Days with Jesus book. We have good news, the best news ever. So we need to share it with other people. And Paul, of course, says that it's only by hearing of the good news, hearing words that people can believe and are saved. And yet we know, don't we, from our own personal experience that we often find this difficult and even intimidating. And so sometimes it is by just sharing our own story. What did Christ do for me this week that you can tell somebody else? And of course, last week's curry evening was a brilliant opportunity to bring someone to hear the good news. And I'm sure we'll have more in the future. It was an excellent evening for people to hear about Jesus. And then wonders, as we do good works, as we are able to share words about Jesus, God confirms his message through signs and wonders, through healing and other miracles, which help people cross over the line into faith much more quickly. And when someone has been transformed by God through the works, words and wonders, then those people in turn become disciples or followers of Jesus. And we, in 2016, are now Christ's disciples and it's our role to become disciplers of other people. In other words, our life mission role continues, as Jesus said, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It's a part of discipling others 
is to help them grow in their faith as a Christian. Perhaps sharing one-on-one, mentoring, friendship, encouragement. In other words, once you see someone come to Christ, your job has only just started. It's like a mum having a new baby. It's only the start of a very long journey. So bring new Christians into home groups or start a small focus group that Martin was referring to the other week at at the annual meeting. Perhaps bring them into a prayer triplet and make it a prayer quartet or invite them to teaching courses or classes such as Alpha, which we usually have most years. And one practical way to help each other with our life mission is to share with each other in home groups. And I know Martin would like us to be more missional, focused in home groups, especially in our prayer times. Well, what do I mean by that? This is our house group prayer book. That goes back to January 2014. Dozens and dozens and dozens of prayer requests and dozens and dozens of answers in this book. And we praise God for them. But instead of just praying for ourselves praying for our own families and our own immediate needs in home group, Martin is suggesting that we become more outward in our thinking and our praying and that we pray for those people that we meet occasionally or regularly outside of Christian circles. And I've got two examples for you. Jean Bowring has been going swimming regularly for dozens of years and she's met a lady called Stena and she invited her to a house group social And she came to the carol service. That's a good opening. And we will encourage Stena. So we are now going to put Stena's name at the top of every time we meet. And we will pray for Stena. And then recently Martin did a a baptism with a family. The granddad brings the grandson, who's about one and a half, to toddlers. He just happens to be our next door neighbour but one. So Peter and I make it a point of going to toddlers so that we can see this granddad, so that we can chat to him, so that we can find out more about his life, so we can make him feel comfortable. And his name will be on the page every time we meet. And when I shared it last week at House Group, this aspect, people then started saying, oh, can you pray for so-and-so? And can you pray for my neighbours? And can you put these people's names down? They are going to become the focus. Yes, we will still pray for our own needs, but we're going to be focused more on those who haven't yet come to faith. Our key passage then goes on to explain the need for people who are new in the faith to be baptised. Baptism is the sign that someone has become a Christian, and throughout the New Testament it's clear that it is the next step after someone has repented and believed. So let's encourage those that have come newly to faith to take that next step by being baptised. Now, if we find this call to fulfilling our mission to make disciples a little daunting, then take heart. We are not alone. Jesus finishes the Great Commission by reminding his disciples then and us today that we are not alone. That before we can begin to undertake any of this mission, we need to go to the source, who is Jesus Christ. We need to come to him in an attitude of worship, as did the disciples on the mountain. And Jesus explained that all authority was given to him. 
not just on earth, but in heaven. And earlier on in Matthew's Gospel, we read that he extended that authority to his disciples and he sent them out, a bit like a trial run. He gave them authority to heal diseases, to kick out demons from people, and to bring healing and and new life. And they came back full of the wonders and all that they'd experienced. So for us, it's as we come and worship at the feet of Jesus, the source, even with our doubts and uncertainties, then that same authority is given to each one of us. We are given the right to act in Jesus' name. We will be given that authority which will enable us to fulfil our life mission and our life purpose. And with that authority also comes the power behind the presence, the presence of Jesus himself. Now it's quite true, isn't it, that in spite of all this social networking and all this amazing modern communications, people still feel alone. And yet one of the greatest blessings of being a Christian is that we are part of a family And one of the greatest lessons of the 40 Days with Jesus book is that because Jesus is alive, because he has risen and is now present in us by the Holy Spirit, we are never alone. Matthew started his gospel by saying that Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. And now in the very end of his gospel, book ends it by saying we have this amazing promise of Christ's abiding presence the beginning and the end Emmanuel God with us we may feel alone sometimes but the staggering truth is based on the early promise that Jesus made when he said I will ask the father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever the spirit of truth You know him, he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Jesus is now with us 24-7 through the indwelling Holy Spirit. He is here to strengthen and comfort us in our own walk with him and to empower us as we seek to carry out his great commission and make disciples of other people. Now, I bet each one of you here this morning can remember someone who invited you to church or brought you to something that enabled you to hear about Jesus. I was taken by a school friend called Ruth Gosden, who took me to Girls' Brigade, and I stayed in Girls' Brigade until I moved down here, and she is now a reader, and I'm a reader. I would not be here if Ruth hadn't taken me to church. Praise God for those who share the word and encourage us to come into faith. So now it's our turn. And it's as we go, praying as we go, we can do so in the wonderful knowledge that we have Jesus' authority behind us. We have his power He is the source of our works and our words. He is the one who with signs and wonders will enable us to teach and make disciples. 
And praise God, he promises us that with every step of the way, he is with us, even to the end of the age. Amen. Hallelujah.